With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good man, Which direction we are going? Once again, for the tipping point, our special guest tonight is going to be Simon Sermon. I'm Stephen Platinum, and I'm joined, as always, by the venerable and uh, somewhat snotty Larry Goodman. But not snotty in the way that others would make you out to be, Larry. No, this is no, head it's cold not, snotty. Not filled. It's not filled. Yeah. So here we're back again after yet another hiatus. Uh, <laughs> another of our infrequent tipping point shows, but. Uh, we're back at it tonight, folks. Nicely done. Yes, uh, you know we gotta gotta keep cranking out these shows because we don't want our ratings to dip to say twenty year lows. So I, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, who knew, right? Uh, you don't have your champion ever appear. Um, you know, a title you've spent a great deal of time telling people is unimportant is now the focal point of your uh, entire thing. And um, most of the talking segments are unlistenable. Um, Here's why I'm afraid of Raw and SmackDown doing so badly right now. Um, Larry, my number one fear is that the tea leaves they will read is, see, we need to get Triple H and Stephanie McMahon back on television all the time. We need to feature those authority figures. Get those authority yes, figures we need, out there. We we need that's them. Been, we need them authority busy. figures. Um, I here's here's I'm going to throw this question out to you, Larry. Um, now that we've gotten to see sort of the exchange of talent from Raw and SmackDown, and it's been you know been a couple to couple to three months um, since we've done that stuff. Um, who do you think got the better end of the deal? I, I mean, I know it's a sort of smart marks tend to say but what who do you think got the better end of the deal out of raw and smackdown uh i would say raw yeah i i mean i guess that's pretty clear vince would not that vince would have it any other way he's still going to position smackdown as the secondary show so i don't i don't think it's done um bray wyatt any favors to move um, no, I, uh, no. Truth be told, I did not make it through the end of that 
main event last night. I had no desire to see Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt, and I shut it off, but maybe you could tell me who did wind up. I'll, I'll tell you what it showed me. I, I guess my number one thing about Bray Wyatt is he's a guy I don't think he in and of himself is special enough. I think he's a guy that needs a lot of booking help of which he gets none. Um, no. You know, he should be their new sort of supernatural, super mystic. Like he should be the guy that's sort of above the usual way things are done. But I, I mean, the finish of that match was the exact same finish. They did two other times throughout the evening. He's, I mean, he was world champion at WrestleMania, and now he's scrapping and fighting um, the Intercontinental Champion, where the title isn't on the line for reasons unknown. Uh, I mean, he goes from messing with, uh, you know, I, I come in, I'm kind of messing with this guy, but then I'm wrestling Dean Ambrose, and I, I just – it really feels rudderless. <clears throat> it really feels, uh, I, I'd already sort of felt this way about some of the other shows around, which is like, they're no fun. But Raw last night was really not fun. And they, here's the surest indication that they're in real trouble. My kid w- was not interested in watching. And she's always the enthusiastic one. She, oh my. She still enjoys... She still enjoys stuff that I have long since, like, I can't watch this. But then, you know, she'll be so, like, all about it. But she preferred to watch British Baking Show, this competition show on Netflix. She'd rather watch English People Bake than uh, Monday Night Raw. So I don't (laughs) – and, I mean, we're, you know, we're still in the shadow of WrestleMania here, which was such a great experience. And, you know, she went to – you know, we went to Raw and we went to SmackDown and she had such a great time. But she she just went – I'm just – she's like, it's just not fun. She's like, I'm not – I'm not having fun. I don't – I don't care about Alicia Fox. And, you know, she's just like – I don't know what they're doing with Bailey. And she just sort of shrugged. Like, <laughs> Bailey, you know, she's like, she's like Bailey lost to Alexa bliss. And she goes, I thought Bailey was supposed to be so great, but she just lost to Alexa bliss. I don't even know who Alexa bliss is, you know? So it's like, and you know, all of these points were incredibly valid because she doesn't watch SmackDown. So for her, it was like, Oh, some, some new, she calls her, she calls her needle nose. So she's like, so needle nose lady comes in. You know, <laughs> and, and oh, she wins. A, book, a booker in the a booker in the making here, huh? No, no, hey, I look. I love her too much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but look on the bright side; it could have been worse. We could have had Braun Strowman losing in a dumpster match to Kalisto. <laughs> we could have, or Braun Strowman could have got hurt, so he'll be out at least four to six weeks. Yeah, My yeah. God. boy, they needed that like a hole in the head, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, so oh, you were um, you weren't to the AWE show um, last Monday, and of course the report is up on uh, Georgia Wrestling History Blogspot. dot com. Otherwise um, known as gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what what is uh, what was your what's your main takeaway? I saw where um, Cody Wynn, who does the you know the best wrestling posters around, they're just so great. Um, 
but he's like, I'm working the reworking the AWE logo and big things are on the horizon. And I got to admit, I kind of laughed. I just was like, what, what, what the hell does that mean? You know, it's just like, ah, oh, geez. I mean, what was your big takeaway from the AWE show? Where do you see it going? The, uh, well, now, of course, they've – and we'll talk about this later because I was just – had been listing out the summer shows. It's going to be an incredible summer for wrestling uh, on the way. Right. But um, they – you know, one thing that they – was just announced, it was a combined uh, Evolve AWE show for July 9th. So oh, wow. Yeah, that's a big – certainly that is a big deal. Um, my main takeaway was that the um, – the whole is less than the sum of the parts. Um, you know, I can think of like five matches I really liked on that show. I liked Adrian Armour and Sugar. Um, I liked the main event with Chip and Martin Stone and David Starr. I liked Tank and Iceberg against the Carnies. Um, you know, there was there was a lot to like, but there's something to me that's dil- diluted about the overall effect when you go have the show that long that many matches in in working you know a lot of them worked in a similar style and i know uh i'm sure i know the aw people are sick of me saying that and wish i wouldn't say it but that's just my reaction to it um because there's so much good wrestling um on the show just so much but it's too much yeah i I mean learning to sort of uh, the hardest part uh you know i write for those that don't know and i mean the main thing i've my main talent right now is the ability to edit. Actually, it's, it's the ability to go eh, the, like 1100 words is too much. Like if I can, if I can chop this down to the greatest 500 words, it's much better in a magazine and, mm-hmm. you know, editing, 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 like, you know, with the shindig coming, like the one thing about that show is, they tend to add a bunch of people and a bunch of matches in the last week or so in an attempt to like goose ticket sales, or I don't know what the thinking is. And and I hope they sort of resist the urge to sort of make it an 11 match card, you know, it's right. Um, it's, it's weird. I, you know, it's, Looking back at um, lately, Hankins and I have been talking a lot about sacred grounds. Um, by the way, working all the way up to ten, like we're we're thinking of like <laughs> matches that we'll, we're going to try to make happen at ten. Which is, for those that don't know, I mean we're coming up on eight. Um, so you know we're talking about all this stuff, and and it made me kind of look back at sacred guard. Uh, ground cards of the past and man you know like the last sacred ground had six matches larry six mm-hmm. and it used to be we've had as 12 matches on sacred grounds before now there is i think a happy median in there but it just goes to show i mean editing editing it isn't a lot of the wwe's problem for example just hinges on there's just so much out yeah. there and and you can't you can't maintain quality when you're trying to fill up that much time every week it's inevitable that you're going to have quality control problems um yeah so yeah yeah boy there's a there sure is a lot to talk about this this week i'm one one thing on the other thing on the local scene mm-hmm. that i would like to touch on before simon uh gets on is uh uiw universal independent wrestling departing the state of georgia 
Yeah, we talked a little bit about that, Larry. Like, so what's the theory? They're going to run in Alabama. They're going to run in Center, Alabama, uh, at, and the, their their next show is scheduled for June at a skating rink in Center. And um, I'd love to, and, and and he will come on the show and talk with us when he when he can. Is have Billy Knight on to talk more about this as well as a number of other things. But I mean, it's no secret that they have really struggled to draw. Uh, first in Temple, and then when they went back to Buchanan, which they had done well in a number of years ago, uh, yeah. you know they didn't find they didn't find the magic in Buchanan either, uh, as far as being able to draw any kind of decent crowd. So um, I think they just decided that you know we'll, we'll hopefully uh, more uh, <laughs> fertile ground in Center Alabama. I, I you know we'll see if that's the case, but that that's the idea. They'll be using basically the same guys. It's not really a change in uh roster or anything and really centers just across the state line if you go from uh cedar town and go straight uh west from there you'd hit you'd hit center pretty much um the one thing that'll be interesting and i don't know if it's something they considered is it's weird because even though they'll barely be in alabama that's a whole different set of rules um as far as you know state commissions rules about wrestling, all that kind of stuff. I know Mike Jackson has done shows out there and, and pro South has had a bit of, you know, we don't really talk about pro South, but pro South has had a bit of a resurgence. It seems at least sort of creatively and artistically. Like I, like I'm, I'm always stunned that I hear about what pro South is doing, you know, like who'd have thought, you know? So um, I'll be curious to see if, you know, what kind of headaches they're going to have to deal with having Billy Knight on would be really interesting. As long as he doesn't shoot on me, I would be certainly terrified of that. But um, <laughs> one of the many who have threatened me over the years, you know? Um, so yeah, UIW being gone. I, I, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm glad that sort of West Georgia log jam clearing up to be honest. So now it's like peach state and a few other promotions, but none of real note. And, you know, with Peach State doing great stuff yet drawing around the 200s, I, I just don't imagine there's a lot of room for promotion like UIW anyway at this stage in the game. No, basically you've got Peach State and you've got Robert Gibson running in Douglasville um, as far as ones that are of, you know, note in, you know, professionalism those would be the those would be the two um no disrespect to anybody i'm omitting but those are the ones that come to mind for me and, and nobody else really does yeah uh, yeah i mean Georgia. i'll just respect the ones we're admitting i mean they suck but like yeah absolutely so um man uh you know this i, I wanted to just touch on this i know we're going to bring simon on in just a moment I, I, this thing about tank um you know his final match is coming up and uh, yeah. the Carnage Cup. Did you see? Oh, Larry, did you see that highlight package from the Carnage Cup? I, I did not, but I talked to several people, including Tank, about what took place there, and got the graphic description of the insanity of that show. All eight hours worth, by the way. <laughs> I mean, they're in basically like what sounds like it's akin to sort of like a Wild West sort of town in Tennessee, you know, where it's like laws just kind of don't apply. And they went out there and just did the do, it sounds like. And it sounds yeah. like you know, this, you know, Tank's 
announced the date of his, I mean, you know, the basically there's a good chance Phoenix City's it. And, and, and every stop on this, his, this tour, he's getting this admiration and this love as a guy who's been there and seen so many of tanks matches and the great stuff he did at wild side and the rest of it, Larry, like what, what, what comes to your mind when you think about the fact that tank is winding it up this year? Well, it, he's, it's just, it's, he's one of several of the veteran leaders that's winding it up. If not this year, very shortly, um, yeah. you know, iceberg can't be far behind. Billy Knight is also going to be hanging it up. And, um, it's, it's, it's a loss on that level to have the veteran, uh, leadership in the, in the locker rooms around the state. Um, it certainly has been incredibly heartening to see the responses for, for tank on various shows. That's been wonderful. And um, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that, 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 that it's gone the way it has. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that they meet guys like Matt Tremont, and he's excited to see them. You know, like he's excited. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's I, I, you know, people feel all the ways that you're going to feel about hardcore wrestling or whatever you want to call it. Um, I have to admit to something that I just – to me, it's a part of the wrestling landscape. Do I go out of my way to watch, say, like Combat Zone's most brutal stuff or whatever? I don't go out of my way to watch it. At the same time, I mean, I don't remember missing an XPW show back in the day. And mm-hmm. I, you know, like I'm familiar enough with who the kind of major players are in that world. It, to me, I mean, I know the Jim Cornette of the world will just, you know, scream and holler about how horrible that stuff is. To me, it's just, it's something that sort of evolved and survived because again, there are pockets of wrestling that the WWE does not touch. And those are the places that survive in these small little pockets. And well, yeah, they have uh, they have uh, their place. You know, they have I've their place. In, uh, excuse me. I've, pardon me. Ugh. I've been to two of Kevin Brannon's um, Carnage Cups, um, and I'm glad I went. I'm glad I experienced it, but it didn't really be with any desire to experience more of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, like at the, I, I, the got, Carnage I Cup, the gym, I mean, it was a, like at the Carnage Cup, there was a little over 100 people from the looks of it, which is not that many. But at the same time, there were people there from freaking England. You know what I mean? There were people who flew in for that thing. And you think it's just a very niche, specialized kind of thing. I'll I'll say this. I would wa- I would be more excited by watching a single Carnage Cup match than a single, you know, shake hands, I respect you, brother, 75 false finish spots. <laughs> I just I, – I mean, what here's, – here's my last thing I'll say on it, and then we can bring Simon on. What's the last thing that was done on Raw that was noteworthy? Clearly, it was Roman Reigns getting the bejesus beat out of him by Braun Strowman. Yes. It's – there's – wrestling is meant to be, on some level, dangerous, or at least the appearance of danger, or at least letting the audience experience 
the sensations of being around dangerous things. And is anything less dangerous? And I'm not talking about, you know, but the guys get injured. Of course they do. But have I ever looked at a cruise as a cruiserweight match and went, wow, there's real danger there. No. And strangely, it's super dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> they've done the worst of all worlds. They've taken well, something that is very dangerous and may, and kind of nerfed it to the point where you're like, it's like you're watching a video game. And one more thing, and we'll bring, we'll bring Simon on, but it's also so sanitized and predictable. Um, on his uh, pod, on the uh, MSL and Sullivan podcast this week, Sullivan was talking about the WCW shows and how at times, uh, you know, they couldn't wrap guys up. It was live, and they would just go go if they wanted to talk more. They would, and sometimes they just have to send guys out in the middle of stuff. So you had this more impromptu feel to things. And he said he like he liked that. I mean, it didn't feel all yeah. pre planned, pre planned and predictable. Um, Speaking of unpredictable, I think that's a good segue for our guest. <laughs> yes, let's let's bring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's bring him on. The self-described windbag of useless knowledge. Dang. That's what he the said? Master, the master of four or less moves. The yes. monster of Midtown. <laughs> the, all first, the first NCW champion in their relaunch. It is a friend of mine and a, and a great guy, uh, Simon Sermon. How you doing, Simon? Hey guys, what's going on? Good times. Um, Simon, before I mean, I know Larry's going to have a ton of questions, and uh, but I have a I have one right off the bat. When you heard, I mean, when you're going to win that NCW title, what did that? I mean, what the, the fact that you're wrestling in that building on a Friday night show run by Rick Michaels? I I mean, five years ago, none of this was even fathomable, right? None of this was even in the realm of possibility. It would be like Donald Trump being president, right? Just like, (laughs) who could think it? So, So you're there holding that title. What's running through your mind? What are you thinking about? You know, it's funny because I actually had that, that thought, and I was sitting there about to go to the go through the curtain the very first time I was uh, uh, to go on as champion, and I thought to myself, "Son of a bitch, hell has frozen over." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to think of what that building represents, um, what it has represented in the past, and and how I how I maneuvered around it and didn't and, and, and avoided it for as long as I did to be champion in Cornelia in the in the anarchy slash why we wrestle building was just beyond anything I ever could have imagined. And we were drawing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say and you know I, I mean it's amazing, you know, with the, the Saturday shows for Anarchy, certainly Dan has done a tremendous job booking them. Rick has done a fantastic job promoting. But those Friday night shows, which, I, I mean, I got to say, I think, the, I think the scuttlebutt was, 
oh, it's, it's you know, all the Friday shows, they won't do anything, and they're going to hurt the Saturday. Like, if anything, they're going to hurt the Saturday shows. It's it, The opposite has happened. The Friday night shows are a success. The Saturday shows are rejuvenated and revived. And there's excitement about wrestling where if you had to pick a place where you would have thought wrestling, th- this town is burned out. Cornelia would be one of the two or three, right? And yet... Okay. Yet here we are, and here we are. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I think that the our, you know, the our draw was the fact that they they were seeing something that they would never allow to be seen, you know, in the past. You know, my, you know, anarchy and 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 wild side and why we wrestle. Those are all benchmarks for five star wrestling matches and and you know, cutting cut the top of your head off and jumping out of the balcony and, uh, you know, just doing all of these wild things. And with me, you're just not going to get any of that. And that's <laughs> such a wild departure that from what they're used to. You know, these fans are so desensitized and they're so uh, used to not, you know, they're used to watching and not interacting. And I think that's the thing that yeah. I bring to the table is the fact that, I take those paying fans and I bring them into the ring with me and they're fighting me as much as I'm fighting, you know, whoever I'm in the ring with. You know, um, hey, Simon, I'm going to uh, let you, how, yes. How long had it been since you'd been in that building until you started back with this run? Oh, it's 2003. 2003, maybe, yeah. yeah. I think we did one or two, like, one or two matches there, maybe 2003. Yeah, that would have to be right around that time, 2003. Yeah. Amazing. I know, with, I know. I, I, oh, sorry. I, I remember. Sorry, Larry. I just wanted to jump in real quick. I, I remember you guys at one point working Tank. With with Tank winding it up this year, Simon, does uh, – I mean, have you ever given thought of, like, when – I mean, because you just seem like the kind of guy to me that <clears> – <throat> Whenever you decide to stop wrestling, you're just going to kind of call your own shot, and that'll be it. Has that ever crossed your mind uh, to like sort of go, all right, I think I'm going to stop here or there, or are you just, you know, basically you're just going to do it until it's not fun anymore? What's your thoughts on that? You know, it's uh, it's really interesting. The time that I go through the curtain and nobody gives a crap, that'll that'll be the time. It's you know, you know, I'm not going to go out past that. You know, with the There'll be no golf claps for me, you know. <laughs> Similar to a golf clap, and and when that happens, I'm just gonna be, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna ride off into the sunset on my sparkly unicorn. <laughs> so, um, one one more thing about uh, your previous days in uh, that building. The thing, I, you know, I know you didn't. You only were there a couple of times. The one thing I remember about it was that I used to go there with a, this real good friend of mine named Mike, who was black. And you, you were coming out for your match, and you looked down your nose at him, and he said, "I didn't know they allowed black people in here." And <laughs> it, well, I mean, it shows you how things have changed because at that time he was he was like the only black. There might have been one other. I mean, black people didn't go there. I mean, it just didn't happen. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, it's Cornelius. We're out in the middle of nowhere, and to be honest with you, I shouldn't have been there past dark either. So, I mean, it's <laughs> 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 
<laughs> that time, it could have been him or me, you know. Simon, if you could speak a little bit. So, you know, every two or three years, it's Georgia wrestling. It's like everything is different, yet everything's the same. Right. I mean, that's, that's how I always see it, where it's like, oh, man, so many things seem different. Um, if you had to point your finger as you know, you're just a very you're a very smart guy behind the scenes and self-deprecating and things like that as well. But when you look back at something like Rampage, where a few years ago, Rampage seemed absolutely invincible, you know, and then Doc Gaten, you know, lost interest, basically, for whatever reason. Um, now you're not the most sentimental dude in the world, but do you feel like a rampage was owed or maybe the fans of rampage were owed a last show? I always think of how odd that was that they didn't have one. Well, you know, um, it's very interesting. Um, one of the things that you have to realize is, you know, rampage, they fell victim to their own, to, you know, to, to their own circumstance. They were, they relied very, very heavily on the uh, on the support of one person, and they did everything they could. Every every booking team, every every group did everything they could to isolate that one person away from the show. And you know, once you once that guy lost interest, there went the support. You know, I, if if it had been me, it would have been the exotic ones versus the southern gentleman and Doctor Gayton. You know, just the if there was some way we could get him in the ring twice, you know, just what, whatever it took. And, 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 yeah, maybe the fans really should have gotten um, a last show. But you know what? The, those guys kind of shot themselves in the foot because they were constantly trying to phase Dr. Gaten out, and he was their biggest fan. <laughs> you know, it's his sandbox. And, and that's, you know, I, I, I might catch a little heat for that, but, you know, they're – I remember, you know, there were times when we would get, you know, we would we'd be in the ring and Doc Gaten would be like, you know, I I love working with you guys because you're the only guys that aren't trying to hurt me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and we were, we understood, you know, me and Tommy understood that Doc Gaten was the most important thing at the show. Uh, me and Michael understood that Doc Gaten was the most important thing at the show, and unfortunately, some of those other guys they didn't realize it and. And so now, now there is no show, you know, the, the gravy train came to, came to the, you know, came to an end and, you know, it, I mean, I, I think that if they'd, uh, if they'd have just been a little smarter in the business, some of them, there'd still be a rampage. It, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, the mentality of, there's this notion of like, sort of like a pure idea of wrestling, right? Uh, you don't want to taint it with this the most worthy person, whatever that means, should hold the title, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I think to myself, you know, that shows how much wrestling has changed because, I mean, it's always been a hustle game, right, <laughs> on some what? level. And whether it's doing a show, I mean, whether it's doing a show because somebody's hired you to do one for their kid's birthday party or, you know, like I've done spots at a, literally at a bar mitzvah. And it's one of those where it's like, it's the part of wrestling that nobody talks about. But honestly, you kind of learn more doing those kind of things than you do showing up on a show where it's like eight, five star matches. Like, like yeah. that part of 
like learning who your audience is, how to include people in on what you're doing, and honestly, how to get the money people excited about what's going on. I mean, when's the last time you've heard about a group of wrestlers that had some gig? I mean, we used to get them at WWA4 when I was there running that school all the time when some company would hire us to do some wrestling thing. And, you know, even here in Florida, when I got here, a friend of mine, you know, who's like an ad exec was like, oh, we want to do a little wrestling thing for this sales promotion for CPAC Seafood. <laughs> you know, like called up three wrestlers that I know and we went down there and probably they probably made more money on that one gig than they do half a year in wrestling. And exactly. I, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid that those kind of things are becoming fewer and more far between. And honestly, those kind of gigs, you learn as much or more than you do. You know, the, the thing now is the guys want like, oh, I'm going to wrestle in another state. Like it's like some kind of magic osmosis of wrestling learning happens because you're, you're standing on Tennessee soil instead of Georgia. You know, yeah. it's like wrestling a new guy is not as important as learning to work a crowd and learning to work an angle. And I exactly. think that's one of the things that's been absolutely lost in the modern day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the, the connection between the the fan and the performer, you know, and I, I, I've told everybody a million times, you know, I just I do four moves. But it's all the stuff that I do in between those four moves is what draws people in and what, what endears people to my character, whether it be whether they, they hate me or they love me, you know, because I, I literally play the exact same character, just I change the people that I yell at, you know. Um, and I, <laughs> I see that loss on a lot of guys. And um, that's what NCW kind of became about was some of us old farts getting in there trying to show some of these younger guys that you don't have to plan out every every aspect of your match just before you walk through the curtain, that there can be some surprises and those surprises can be good. You know, um, I, I think that I'm in the, in the, uh, the point in my wrestling, I can't even call it career, but my wrestling schedule where I'm just trying to pass on to somebody, just go, Hey, just point at your ass and yell at somebody, you know, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. You're not, it doesn't break anything. There's no. There's no chance that you'll sprain anything. Just turn to the crowd and point at your ass and yell at them. You know, and um, and you're right. Those things are lost because some 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 guys these days are they're so they're so intent upon impressing the guys in the back who are paying nothing to see the show that they're right. not impressing anybody in the crowd. You know. When you do a triple backflip 450, laying on your face, and nobody says or does anything because they saw three other 450 plant on your face in the previous matches, then then you haven't done anything. And then some some fat faggot like me walks down the aisle and and just turns to some black guy and go, "How did you get here?" You know, <laughs> and the place. You know, I and and, I, Larry, and Larry remembers it thir- fourteen years later. You know, <laughs> exactly. I didn't even know that. Uh, that's a story. That's a story I didn't even know. But you know, it's uh, it's 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 about making a connection, and that's what to me that's the art of wrestling, and that's a that's a part of the the art form that that we're losing. You know, that we're losing. I mean, I, um, you know, I did a 
I did a cage match and, and I bled like a pig, but you guys all know that uh, I'm too pretty to be doing that sort of thing. Absolutely. No blade, no blade touches that gorgeous face. No, sir. No, no. There was no, you know, you, you can look, you can go back and look. There was no, there was no tape on my wrist. <laughs> then, the, then, the, then the question becomes, well, how, how did that happen? You know, did you really hit the cage? And it, yeah, come on. You know, but there's an art form there that I feel like that that this is just really, really getting lost in people's inability to connect with the crowd. I blame it on Grinder and and Facebook and 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 all, and all these different apps that uh, that people they just they don't they don't know how to connect with you. They don't know how to communicate anymore. Everything is swipe left, swipe right, swipe up, swipe down. You know, pretty soon your phone will blow you. I don't know, but you know that. <laughs> It's because of things like that that people have lost their ability to connect with other people because the the art of communication is almost gone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Larry, did you have a hey, question for uh, Simon? A couple questions, yeah, Simon. Uh, just I'm gonna <clears throat> take take a step back in time to early in career. I'm wondering what uh, if you could reminisce for a minute about the uh, Dillard's Music Park. In NHL, oh yes, where you had a good long run, healthy run out there. Well, what's the question? Your thoughts on <laughs> your time there, and what comes to mind for you about that era? It's really interesting because that was um, that was a huge experimental time uh, for me in wrestling. Um, I um, I experimented with my character. I developed my character. I developed a lot of the the moves that you see today. You know the like the Manchester driver. Nobody has any idea why I'm doing something called the Manchester driver, where it came from. What it, but then, you know, you go back to 2003 and 2002, and you, you see British Simon Sermon, and it's like, oh, it all makes sense now. Um, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a great time in my life, and I, uh, I owe a lot of that to uh, uh, guys like uh, Dusty Rhodes and, and uh, Ray Lloyd Glacier, and Frank Paris that was down there, and you know, and a lot of guys that I that I worked uh, angles with, uh, Drew Delight and uh, Fantasy, who was a female wrestler. She and I, we we <laughs> we 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 had a great time down there, and um, you know, it's a it was it was an experimental portion of my wrestling career, but it also it also cemented me as a guy who who could be the Upper mid card headline, you know, it, it it set it set the stage for everything else that I did for you know up until now, um, it, you know, and and I I I I enjoy it and I appreciate it and um, sometimes I wish we could go back and relive those times, you know, but um, I think even it was a really bad time for wrestling back then, and. Yeah. There was actually some really good wrestling going on at, at, at NAWA. Yeah, and he had some real believers out there in that building. I remember you used to come to the ring wrapped in the British flag and all that. I mean, it was great fun. It was great fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, the, the the factions, the college factions. There were two colleges yes. out there, and they, yes. they were all out there. They were cheering for me, and they would bring me weapons and stuff, and you know, and I would get out of it, and I would do everything. I would, <laughs> I would break all of the rules. I would break all the rules. You know, it's like it's the first match. You can't go out of the ring. Yeah, I'd get out of the ring and and, <laughs> and, and, and grab a grab a, a 
a croquet mallet and use it and, and do it right in front of the referee, take off my belt and choke, you know, I broke all the rules, but you know, um, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing that's made me different is the fact that, you know, I didn't really adhere to a lot of the rules because I looked at that and I was like, wow, that's the reason why we're in the situation we're in right now. Everybody's got this formula and they're following it and, and it's not working. And I, you know, I just wanted to do something different. And the the thing that I did was I just kind of, I kind of went into the past and I, did, I didn't go into the future. I just sort of went into the past and dug out the, a character, you know? And, um, but yeah, if there, if there was a, a time in my wrestling career I could go back to, I would definitely do that. And I'll tell you, I would not do anything differently. Not, not a single thing. Wouldn't do anything differently. I, I, I worry, like when you talk about that, that I don't know how many promotions there are where there are, where you're allowed room to make mistakes. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's very important to have smart guys there who can tell you what you did wrong or whatever, but it's almost like so many shows are afraid of making a mistake. So what ends up happening is they're very sterile and the whole show feels like a mistake instead of just individual things. And uh, I, I mean, that's always been a part of wrestling. You have, you have the, you have the people who draw, right. You have the people who they're really there to see, but somewhere on that card, you just need that fresh blood of guys that are going to go out there and stink up the joint or they're all, they're (laughs) going to go out there. But then once in a while, you know, they try something really out of the box um, and it works. I, I, I hope that the young guys and Simon, can you speak on this? Like the, the young guys that you see and work with at NCW, are there those out there that, I mean, obsess about this stuff like we used to like where, I mean, I, I don't mean obsess in the key where like I live and die for wrestling way, but the, you know, I want to try this thing that I thought of. Or I think I thought of this different thing to do, and I really want to do it. Is that a mentality that's still out there with young guys, or is it just, oh, I saw you know AJ Styles do this, that, and the other, um, and I'm going to do it too? It's so, it's so funny because we, you know, this this day and age, we all have different heroes. We have a, dif- a different set of heroes. There's no young guy that's like, oh man, I. I love Ric Flair. They're like, oh, I love AJ Styles, or oh, I love Roman Reigns, or you know, whoever. Or they'll mention some guy that I've never even, I've never even freaking heard of, you know. Um, right. I, I'm such a, I'm such an old bag at this point that I, you know, I, I, I don't watch wrestling. I don't follow it. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, there's, they, they have a different set of heroes, and their, and their heroes are what I like to call the ABCs. Of uh, of wrestling and their match goes A B C D E F G all they they get in all twenty six of those moves including five you know it's got to be five uh, super kicks and and nine times dropped on the head and you know whatever it takes and they they think that there's a formula there that has to be followed each and every match and and I uh, it pains me sometimes to look at it but you know it also gives me the opportunity to go hey. Watch this, <laughs> and then you know they'll watch me and Jagged Edge go out and do a cage match and not call a single thing, not one thing, no A, no B, and and 
And when I had to go back and explain why you don't do ABC, and I said, well, did you notice when you got to around L and you guys got lost? <laughs> L was for lost, and that's because, you know, when you get out there, there's so many things that happen. You get out of breath. You get it, you know, and it just, you know, some of the great things that happen in a wrestling match are the things that you don't plan on. You know, we did we did that cage match, and I was going to get out, and, and Jagged reached up and did the old Ric Flair spot and pulled my pulled my trunks down and, and exposed my bare ass and all <laughs> that you all that and then you know, he did the he did a schoolboy and I got up and I I didn't adjust my trunks I did a I did a, a, a clothesline with my ass hanging out and then I sold back to the uh, to the ropes and sat on the ropes with my ass hanging out right in front of the you can't. Flat. And the crowd's going yeah. nuts. Are we doing nothing? Nothing. So uh, it gives me the opportunity to just go, hey, why don't you, why don't you take it? This is what I learned from so watching so and so. Maybe, maybe you want to dig in a little deeper than 2005 if you're watching YouTube or you know, um, you know the I I love dusty finishes. You know, I just I love it to death. I love it, love it, love. It. How many times is somebody? won a tag team title for me and I'll we'll scream that, you know, something wasn't quite right and we'll call the lawyers and get the lawyers involved if you don't give us the belt back, you know, and we've done that, you know, and the crowd just hates it. They hate that crap. But uh and and to me that one thing where you get people emotionally involved in something they absolutely know is not real. That to me is just that's the thing, you know. That's the yeah. thing that's the thing that gets that gets the rise is I'm just like, man, like the time they, a couple of years ago when they vandalized my mom's car, you know, I, I, I you know, my mom, bless her heart, she, she came to the shows and she had, she had never been to wrestling shows uh, <laughs> when I was working because she lived in Florida and I was a face at the time and she would tell her, oh yeah, Simon, that's my son. And I'm like, and I pulled my mom aside and I was like, look, mom. You know, there's going to come a time when they don't like me anymore and they can't get their hands on me, but they can get their hands on you. So you have to, you have to not do that. She goes, oh, no, these people love you. So fast forward, we do a 16 tag with the exotic ones versus Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Nigel Sears and somebody else. And it broke down to a schmoz, and one of us grabbed a, a two-by-four and smacked one of uh, Hacksaw's uh, partners and pinned him one, two, three during the schmoz. And that crowd went out and vandalized my mom's car. Tore it. Uh-huh. Tore it. And this ain't the whole thing. It's a peach state. You know, this is only about three, four years ago. Tore it to pieces. My mom comes to the back. She's got tears in her skin. They vandalized my car. I'm like, oh, mother, I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Well, well that's what insurance is for. And so I set her on her way. And as soon as that door closed, I said, yes, that's how <laughs> Car, and they know it's not real. I mean, and and I I almost wear it as a as a as a badge of honor that I made people get so mad at something yeah. that they sure wasn't real. You know, that to me that's it. And and five that you know I watch like some of these maybe it's like evolve and things like that where there's all of this dancing and ballet going on, and then everybody pops up to their feet and they face off, and I go, oh, God, I hate that so much. Like, 
I'll probably get heat for this too, but like there are wrestlers out there I just can't watch. Sanjay, Sanjay Dutt, he's one I can't watch because it just looks like it looks like the Nutcracker Suite, you know. And I just and I and he's a great he's a great guy and I'm sure very nice and everything. But they're just there's certain people that at the end of the day I look at it and go, wow, that is so athletic and not the least bit of it looks any bit real in a. And that's what wrestling is in the art form. It's, you know, and then you got the strong style guys that want to take your head off. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. It's, it's, that's the art form is the making people believe. But, the, but, but the, the main part is everybody walks away and nobody has to sip their dinner through a straw, you know. <laughs> to me, I, I mean, I think, I think both of those mentalities, the sort of ballet dancer choreograph one, and the one that legitimately takes your head off, I think both of them have a fear of failure. It's because to reach yourself out there performance-wise, you take the chance that they may not react, and that's a horrible feeling I would imagine that others have had, certainly not me. <laughs> where you're attempting to do something because you are sort of making yourself vulnerable as a performer. And I would, I would urge any young wrestler or old wrestler listening to this, um, you know what? Quit being a pussy. Like try, try <laughs> to put yourself out there, try to make them believe because I think you're right, Simon. I don't think, you know, cause we, we use phrases like, Oh, they're true believers in this town and true believers. I don't think there are true believers, but there are people who are more inclined to sort of get with the program. If you will let them do it. And uh, you know, it's just well, a matter of reaching out. You know? Yeah, and you you have a whole building of them there in, at PCW in Porterdale of people that are willing to suspend disbelief and get behind it uh, in in a really I mean, nice Peach way. Day, I mean, what, who are the who are the three that have it? Right? It's Peach. Yeah. I mean, I'll just be bluntly honest. It's Peach State. It's Anarchy slash NCW, and it's PCW. Yep. Everyone else is wink, wink, nod, nod. Or their audience has taken over their show. They're, oh, they're not just a part of the show. They've become the show. And people cater to that nonsense. Oh, let's have a poll. Who do you want to see in the main event? I have never asked a fan for anything. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, Especially when we started doing the exotic ones thing, you know, when we made the switch from, you know, the British tag team to the exotic ones. Oh, my gosh, they're vulgar. They're vulgar. And then, you know, people would come to us, you know, people in the business, oh, man, so-and-so saw you and they complain. And I'm like, who gives a shit? They paid (laughs) money to come watch somebody kick our teeth down our throat. That's the point, is it not? Yeah. And and these days you get people who about the PC aspect of wrestling. I'm sorry, I don't subscribe to that. I don't. I never have, and I never will. I'll if, if I'm if I'm in if I'm in a lily white town and I see a midget, I'm gonna and I hope it's a black midget. I'm, what is that black midget doing? You know, wrestling is not supposed to be. PC. I mean, it's it, every aspect of it, I mean, it. It's not real, people. I'm an actress, and I'm a. Good guy. 
So, wrestling um, is out, yeah, it's outlaw and it's counterculture, and it always needs to stay that way, or else it's yeah. not pro wrestling. It's just not pro wrestling. It's not going to survive. You know, yeah. it, it it won't survive, and that and that's the thing. You know, you have to separate it. I mean, even they're even they're even even UFC right now is it, they're trying to do the heel face dynamic. You know, because they see that that sort of thing works, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, they haven't quite gotten the idea that you can't curse like that on television, so they, they really have to work on their promos. And, right. you know, <laughs> once, they, once they master those promos, they're, they're going to they're gonna do so much better because then you'll actually be able to hear, you know, how they're insulting each other other than bleep, 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 bleep. And then, you know, what do you have to say about that? Well, I bleep, 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 bleep your neck and bleep your arm, you know. I uh, what, what was that? Uh, I, I it was that Dominic Cruz and that Garbrandt, Gabriel Garbrandt. They were yeah. they were trying to cut promos on each other, but they were both cursing so much that I I got every third word between the bleeps, and I'm like, well, I hope Dana White's shit in his pants right now because uh, I I don't know what they're fighting about. <laughs> <laughs> but once, they it, once they get it, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, but. Yeah, so that's who I started rambling, damn it. I told you guys not to let me do that. <laughs> so, Larry, um, what did you want to ask? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, so speaking of uh, outside the box and not PC, I wanted to get your thoughts on a uh, particular individual that you have uh, something going on with right now by the name of Ashton Starr. Oh, well, uh, they say that, that, that uh, 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 what an imitation is the highest form of flattery, and, and as soon as he gets it right, I will I will be flattered. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's, uh, it's turning into single black female. What in the world is going on? <laughs> hey, uh. Well, Last question: What's left on your uh, What's on your bucket list for wrestling? What's on my bucket list? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's so funny. Uh, there's so much on this world in this, that goes on in this world that's not in your control. That I mean, you just I I live life day by day, and I try and live it to its fullest, whatever it is. That's why I'm that's why I'm so busy. I'm trying to cram everything that I love into everyday life, whether it be flag football or volleyball or wrestling or or watching Star Trek on TiVo while I get all white and pruny in the in the bathtub, you know, I just, <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> to me it's a it's a day by day thing, you know. You help where you can, you do what you can, and and you know, you try and be a nice person. That's what I've always tried to do, is be a nice person, you know. But I don't have a bucket list. I've never never had a bucket list. I, there's some people I guess I'd like to meet in this world, but you know, I've I've read so many shitty things about them that I'm not even really sure if I want to meet them, you know. I was like, no, I'd want to meet Ric Flair, but then he'd probably be drunk and, and punch me in the face for for killing the business. You know, for all the hundred thousand things he's done that's wrong. And um, I'd love to meet Stephen Regal, you know, William Regal, but, you know, he'd, he'd probably think I was an idiot too. So I did meet Adrian Street, and that guy was awesome. Him and his, him and his wife, they're such wonderful people, you know, and I – I really thought that he would, uh, he, he probably wouldn't like me, but uh, no, they're, they're, they're wonderful people. So, um, you know, I just continue to do my thing. And at the end of the day, I hope that whoever 
comes up to say nice, uh, say something about me, says something nice, you know, like I like I talk nice about, you know, Dusty Rhodes, and I talk nice about Ray Lloyd and Glacier. I mean, if there's anybody on this planet who deserves far more wrestling, it was it's Glacier. God dang, he's the nicest guy I've ever met, and had the most <laughs> awesome gimmick I ever saw. You know, I was just like, wow. You know, one day I have to tell you my Dusty story, and it has Ray Lloyd written all over it, but. And it's because of him. Yeah, I I say it's because of Glacier that there there was a Simon Sermon in Georgia wrestling because I was just getting started and and that guy he was like, hey, uh, you know, come come wrestle for Turnbuckle and I'm like, whatever. And then sure, I mean, sure the day is long and it happened and I was and that's when the ball started rolling, you know. And I was one of the only guys that ever got paid. So you know, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks nice. to Susan Newton, I always got paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, Simon, always great to talk to you. Uh, where, where are you going to be in the next couple of weeks, wrestling-wise? You got any dates but, coming up? Uh, I'm not really, I'm not really sure where we're going with uh, NCW because uh, you know I'm, uh, I'm no longer champion, so I'm, uh, I'm not, I can't go to a show where I don't have the belt. So you know, if I haven't been promised from the beginning in that twenty thousand uh, dollar bounty I paid, you know, but uh, you know, Peach State, we're uh, we're we're always gonna uh, have a place in our heart for Peach State. So um, that'll probably be you know where I where I call things quits whenever it does happen. They've been uh, Shane Knowles and and Rick and. Everybody there, you know, that's like the that's the home away from home. And I got to tell you, I um I I've done about three three or four shows this past year for Peach State, and I kind of thought that you know maybe I was going to get the golf clap uh, when I came out. And uh, not this past show, but the show before that, when I you know came back after not having performed since maybe 2016 or something. And you just saw Hulk Hogan walk through the. It was the damnedest thing I ever saw. So. No golf club there, and um, you know, so I'll I'll keep going, and that'll probably be the place where if I decide to call it quits, that'll be that'll be the spot, you know. Well, thank you so much for coming on and and sharing your stories and your thoughts about wrestling. You know, you just you're one of these guys that again, I think the newer generation of guys coming up um, definitely have a lot to learn, and they can certainly learn quite a bit from you. So thank you so much. Well, Thank you, thank you, and uh, you know it's a, it's it's a pleasure to you know be in my mid forties and still able to point at my ass and, and do four moves and go somewhere <laughs> people not that. So <laughs> it's always a pleasure. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks a lot, Simon. And, and uh, have a good rest of the show. Well, that was delightful. <sighs> You know, I talking to Simon made me realize, like, you know, I think uh, Tank was such a great guest. I would love to definitely get him on sometime during the summer. And uh, here, here's something that I think is really, uh, I hope, I hope people feel as good about this as I do. So apparently, Tank had hundreds of dollars of shirts made, and at the Carnage Cup, he sold them all. Like, I think about that. I always hate Larry, as you know, I hate the sort of like tropes that happen in pro wrestling where people go, 
you know, people say it's fake, but I broke my arm. Tell me that's fake. And to me, it's one of the dumbest arguments <laughs> you can make about wrestling. You screwed up, and so that proves that it's not predetermined. Okay. But I think it's not fake in the sense that, again, if you can create that connection and clearly tank wrapping it up means something to people, and you can't manufacture that kind of connection. That's something you either have or you don't. And um, that's the part of wrestling that I think needs to maintain and guys need to learn to continue to work. And bookers, um, or I should say matchmakers, have to learn that ultimately that's the point, right? That's the point is you're attempting to tell stories, but what storytelling is, it's about connecting the person telling the story to the person listening to the story. And that's at, at its heart, what wrestling always is going to be. Hopefully. Well said. Um, Uh, You know, we reached, yes, please, Larry. We have, and I wanted to uh, touch on before we go off the air, a couple things, upcoming guests. And, you know, I've got, uh, Hopefully during the summertime, and I love I love the idea of getting Tank back on here, of course. But we will have Billy Brash on the show. We'll also have Corey Chavis uh, on the show this summer, and more to come. But those are the ones that uh, we've got upcoming for sure. Um, but I wanted to touch on this this the summer list. Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. No, no, no. Please talk, talk about the, the summer. Uh, list yeah. of summer shows. Uh, in addition to all the mm. regular kind of shows. Check this out. So June 3, that's the Southern Fried Anniversary Show, Shindig 4. Uh, June 17 is the Peach State Anniversary Show with the Survivor Games. June 24, Hostile Environment, uh, Anarchy's Big Show. The next day, uh, Mucha Lucha, the Border Wars Tournament, where they're bringing in Brian Cage, Sammy Guevara, Mr. 450, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, Mil Muertes, and others. I mean, incredible if you want to see those guys. Then we we move into July. You've got, of course, the Revolutionary War Games with PCW. July 9th, the aforementioned Evolve AWE doubleheader in Marietta. August 4 and 5, Scenic City Invitational in Ultwa, Tennessee. August 26, Ring of Honor returns to the center stage. Uh, September 9, Wild Side Reunion Show. September 16, Sacred Ground 8. Now, that is a full wow. slate of summer shows. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great stuff. And, you know, 2017 is shaping up to just be another fascinating year. Guys stepping away, um, certain groups rising up, certain groups going away, and uh, it just keeps on going. And if it's true that so the WWE goes, so the rest of wrestling goes, it's really going to be fascinating to see how things shake out by the time the end of the year comes. But uh, Mm -hmm. one thing's for sure, um, we will be back in two weeks, uh, hopefully. (laughs) Yes, uh, Yes, I'm planning on it. um, So uh, thanks to Simon Sermon, our guest, always a great guest. And for uh, Larry Goodman and myself, we'll see you in two weeks at The Tipping Point.
We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.